Welcome to Karen Newton International Wealth Income Lifestyle. And our guest today is Zahir from Sublime Trading. Zahir, welcome. Nice to have you on here. Glad to be here. Lovely to uh, be chatting with, chatting with you and looking forward to this. That's great. So Zahir is an investor, a trader, and makes most of your money on the share markets. So Zahir, would you like to just give us a little bit about your background, how you got into this? Yeah, absolutely. So my interest with investing really started in my mid-20s. Once I started having a bit of money coming through from my job at the time, the curiosity bug kicked in. You know, what am I going to do with this money? Obviously, uh, most people tend to go down the route of buying a property. It didn't really sit well with me. I started looking into the financial markets. Probably like everyone else, started with day trading. And day trading, again, didn't really sit sit well with me at the time. I was working quite a lot, sometimes six, seven days a week. I wanted a style of investing that could adapt around the busy lifestyle that I had. So from day trading, transitioned into value investing, the more sort of Warren Buffett style. Again, didn't really sit well with me because of all the work and research that needed to be done. And then from there, the, actually, the, the moment that everything changed for me was when I read the book Way of the Turtle by Curtis Faith. So people haven't read that book highly recommend it just the background of that story it's a true story it's how Richard Dennis one of the world's uh, most successful trend followers took a bunch of novices taught them how to trend follow which is what I am now I'm a trend follower and over four years they turned over almost 200 million dollars a true story set in the 1980s and when I read that book because they had the strategy at the back of the book everything changed and so I transitioned from value investing once again to trend following, which is what I am now, a trend follower. So trends are um, obviously they're really important. I mean, I'm an investor and contrarian to trends. Right. Okay. okay. So that, that's my model. Buy low, right. sell high. And I do all sorts of strategies. Yes. My on a trend and if that trend doesn't exist then you can't create the trend you have to you rely on the markets actually coming to you correct yes yeah. absolutely so do you spend much time just you know really looking to find those trends yeah spot on good question so the, the difference between what you've said and what we do you said that you buy low sell high we buy high, sell higher. So that's that in a nutshell, that's the difference. Both yeah. philosophies, really, you are kind of looking for trends because whether you, you're buying low and selling high, what you're looking for is that sort of sustained movement from a bottom to a top. All you're doing is you're buying low, selling high, I'm buying high and then selling higher. Where it all starts is with sector rotation and sector scanning. This is fundamental to my approach. So I've got scanners, which I subscribe to, really good scanners, pay a lot of money for these scanners. But, you know, like all career choices, you've got to have the right tools for the trade. So with what I do, scanners and charts are my tools of uh, my trade. It starts with the scanning and I program the scanners to on a daily basis at the end of the day when the markets have closed. I scan all 11 sectors and I'm, what I'm looking for are the strongest stocks in the most robust sectors yep. and generally every year 
there will be sectors moving. So just to give people an example, last year, when the S&P 500 declined 28%, healthcare went through the roof, energy went through the roof. So McKesson Corporation, ticker symbol MCK, that actually went up 65% when the S&P fell 28%. So it all starts with scanning sectors and finding those stocks. So when you talk about scanning, that's yes. the terminology you use. Can you explain that a little bit more to the audience so that um, it's, it's probably um, not so much jargon for them so they understand when you're talking about uh, scanning? Yeah, absolutely. So if you... Uh, there's there are around probably around 15 to 20,000 stocks that you could invest in at any moment in time. That's a huge number of stocks to filter through. And as an investor, your job is to find which stocks are going to be the most profitable stocks for the next 12, 24, 36 months, whatever your sort of holding period is. Typically for me, it's sort of 12 to 18 months. That's what I like to hold a stock for before I take my profits. So I need to find these stocks. Which stocks are going to be profitable for me for the next 12 to 18 months? It's physically impossible for me to go through 20,000 stocks every single day trying to find those one or two stocks that make it into my portfolio. So this is where software comes in. And the software, the first piece of software that I use is a scanner. So the scanner, which I programmed with a particular criteria, I say to this scanner every day, go and find me the stocks that meet my criteria. So I click the button. This software will scan through 20,000 stocks in probably about half an hour, which a task which would take me, it's impossible. It would take me days, <laughs> right? This software will go through 20,000 stocks in about half an hour, and then it will pump out maybe 100 to 200 stocks that meet my criteria. So that's what a scanner is. It's basically a piece of software that will go through a, a massive amount of stocks in a much shorter period of time. Uh, looking for stocks that meet your criteria that you've programmed into this software. So, for example, just to give people an example, I can say to the software, give me all the stocks from yesterday that have that are now printing new all-time highs. So that stock, that scanner will go in, scan 20,000 stocks, and give me the 100, 200 stocks that are printing new all-time highs. So, excuse me, when you use the scanner, you'll come up with um, indicators. Um, and I, you're looking for indicators that the, the share price is about to break out. Correct, exactly. Okay, so then, um, so when you have these stocks that you've indicated are likely to break out. Yes. Are there any other sort of indications that you're looking for to say, this is definitely the one I'm going to trade on? Yeah, really good question. So our we have a 16-point checklist that we use that a stock has to meet if it's going to make it into our, pro our portfolio. Ultimately, when you make an investment into a stock, or really any investment, it doesn't necessarily have to be an, a, a stock. It, whatever your choice of investment is, what you're looking for is an edge as an investor and an edge is really where an environment where you have more chance of making a profit than a loss that's what an edge is it's, it's your little advantage so for a stock to have what we call an edge we look for a 16 point checklist that 16 point checklist is spread across three time frames that we look at so we look at the monthly time frame so we look at charts 
We yeah. are technical analysts here. We're not fundamental analysts like Warren Buffett. We are technical analysts. We look at charts. We look at the higher time frames, the monthly, the weekly, and the daily. If you go lower than the daily, let's say the one hour time frame or the five minute time frame, you're entering this sort of day trading territory. And that's where a lot of money is lost. We look at the bigger picture. So even though we're looking at charts like a trader, we actually hold our positions like an investor. So it's that sort of hybrid. I say it's almost a hybrid. Look at charts to do your analysis. Hold your positions like an investor 12 to 18 months, typically, maybe up to 24 months. But across to answer your question, month, uh, monthly, weekly and daily, we've got a set of indicators on the monthly, a set of indicators on the weekly and a set of indicators on the daily. When all when all, the indicators are bullish across all of those time frames, we buy the stock. If the indicators are bearish across all of those time frames, we short the stock. So it's it's as simple as that. And each each chart will take me literally seconds to look at. So that's the beauty of technical analysts. And you're used to it. So familiarity with what you're doing allows you to um, make those decisions. Absolutely. And it's a really good point. Um, one of my favorite sayings is that good investing or good trading is simple, but not easy. Yeah. The best techniques are actually very, very, very simple to learn, but it's the consistency of applying that strategy day in, day out, where often a lot of people fall short because we live in a world of instant gratification. People want success today, but it takes time. The best things take time, but it's worth the, it's worth the effort. Uh, interesting you say how simple it is. It's one of the things that I find with my clients because when I show them something and I say, okay, this is what I do. And they'd say, well, break it down. I said, well, what do I break down? It's simple. You just look at this. You know? And yeah. sometimes it's that it is difficult to break down and explain because to you, it is just so simple what you look at and you don't realize the processes that you actually go through to make that instant decision on it. Yeah, absolutely. I, can't, I agree with that. Humans, as humans, we crave complexity. Because the more complex something is and the more we understand the complexity, the, the better we feel about it. And often it's the simplicity of something that eludes people. So, you know, everyone knows the quote, uh, quote by Da Vinci that simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. With investing, it really is the simplicity of, of looking at a chart that which is where the profit lies. So the more complex you make it, the less money you're going to make from it. So, exactly. you know, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a strange one, but keep it simple. That's what, you know, the expression, right? K-I-A, good investors are good kissers. That's what I tell people. Good yeah. investors are good kissers. <laughs> keep it simple, sweetheart. Uh, I'll have to remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're looking at trends, you've already touched on it. Yeah. Um, the markets can be doing different things. Right. Right. So we can have a bull market, we can have a bear market, we can have a sideways or you call a consolidation market. Oh. Do you want to explain a little bit more about those? Yeah, absolutely. So if we go back to 1990, since 1990, the last 23, 24 years have been bull markets. Six years have been sideways markets. And only four years have been bear markets, which is interesting because if you go online and you look, you look at our media channels, you'd seem to think that we're constantly in a bear market because they're always trying to pump all of this negativity at you. And it's a big part of why people don't ever make investment decisions because of the fear mongering that goes on. 
But if you remove the media channels and focus on the S&P 500, look at the chart performance of the S&P 500 over the last 30, 35 years, it's been mostly bullish. Hmm. So because that is a fact, what we then look at is, right, if we know how to determine when the market is bullish, we can buy. When we know when the market is going sideways, we stand aside and protect our capital. So that's really important as well. But here's the thing. When the stock market is going sideways, which is uh, sort of, uh, it's it's not a trending market. A trending market is when it's going up, which is bullish, or when it's going down, when it's bearish. So 2000, 2000 was a bear market when we had the, the, the tech bubble burst. 2008, when the financial meltdown, that was another bear market. In between that, we've had bull markets and sideways markets. When we can identify what kind of markets we're in, we can align ourselves with the market correctly. If we look at the news, we'll always make bad decisions. <laughs> so in a nutshell, that's that's basically what we do. Wait for the S&P to determine a direction and then take, take your position in line with that. Now, I know as an investor, the S&P had probably its worst year last year in... Right decades in a long time yeah um, how did you react obviously you've got ways of reacting to that market could you just share a little bit of that with us yeah absolutely so let's go back to corona so coronavirus 2020 early 2020 we had the uh, 20 35 percent correction in the S&P 500 over a couple of months black swan event end of March or at some point in March it found support and then the market started recovering Let's go back to what what I said earlier, which was what sectors were performing well. Well, as we know, the tech sector went through the roof. Apple, Microsoft, Zoom had a very, very good uh, uh, period post-corona. PayPal, all those good tech, tech stocks that we know boomed from 2020 uh, all the way through to the end of 2021 and then 2022 we had that correction in the S&P 500. When you're looking at charts, there's certain indicators that you can see that the market is reversing. So for example, certain chart patterns may be appearing, trailing stop losses may be being hit. So how I manage my positions is that when a stock is going up, I have a trailing stop loss that follows. Yeah. And um, would your would you guys know what a trailing stop loss is, or should I elaborate a little bit on on the? Well, you can elaborate because we might have new viewers on there. But if any of my guys say they don't know what a trailing stop loss is, they shouldn't be working. With me. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so for the new guys on here, think of trailing stop losses as a safety net. So imagine you are climbing a very, very, very tall ladder, very tall ladder, and there is a safety net. If you haven't got a safety net there at all, then you shouldn't be on the ladder in the first place, right? At the very minimum, if you know you're going to climb this very tall ladder, you want a safety net at the very bottom of the ladder. Now, if you're climbing up the ladder and you're going, you know, floor after floor after floor after floor, imagine you're scaling a very tall building. You want that safety net to be following you as you're going up that ladder. So at any point you fall off, the safety net is just below your feet. You fall off. Can I? So we're, we're talking about um, a trailing stop loss. And yes, yes. Uh, would you like to explain that? Um, yes. Yeah, pleasure. So trailing stop loss, think of it as a safety net. As you're climbing, imagine you're climbing a very, very, very tall ladder 
and you have a safety net that follows you as you're climbing up that ladder. Now, first and foremost, if there's no safety net, you don't want to be climbing that ladder because there's death involved in the worst case scenario and you don't want to die. So at the very minimum, you want to have a safety net that remains at the very bottom of the ladder, at the very minimum. Now, in it, a perfect safety net would be one that follows you as you climb the ladder. So the higher you get, the, the safety net is following you just by your feet, just by your feet, following, following, following. So at any point you decide to jump off or fall off the ladder, you've got a safety net right there to catch you. That is what a trailing stop loss is in investing terms. As the trend is developing, as it's moving, as let's say Microsoft or Apple, as it's moving up $200, $210, $220, so on and so forth. You've got this trailing stop loss that's following the trend, locking in small bits of profit, but still giving it plenty of space to move and develop over time. You don't want it too tight because you'll get stopped out on little move spikes a good distance away, one that will allow the trend to develop over 12 to 18 months when that trading stop loss is met you take your profit so going back to the question that we were talking about earlier in terms of what the indicators that we saw before the decline trailing stop losses will be getting hit so when multiple trading stop losses get hit and profit is being taken that's a good sign that the market's reached some kind of top and that you may want to consider rebalancing the portfolio so what we were talking about earlier, I'm just looking at the um, notes here. Yes. Um, I can see that you talk about um, moving averages, simple moving averages. Yes. Um, do you want just to elaborate a little bit on what you use with those? Yes, yes, yes. Moving averages, specifically the 200 simple moving average on the weekly and the daily time frames. Very, very powerful indicators. So let me just give uh, give the guys a quick history lesson. The 200 simple moving average was a proven indicator of the long-term trend. Now, who discovered this? Old school traders used to draw charts by hand. They weren't blessed like we are today with, <clears throat> with uh, software and technology that does all the work for us. They had to draw charts by hand. So you can imagine that was a really long, laborious process. So they were very, very particular about the information that they put on their chart what they discovered was that the 200 simple moving average was a proven indicator of the long-term trend so if an asset was trading above the 200 sma we were in a bull market below the 200 sma we were in a bear market those indicators institutions still use today and investors like myself who look at charts and follow trends that is a primary indicator. It's a critical indicator of what kind of market conditions we are in. So going back to what you were saying earlier in terms of or what we were discussing earlier, since 1990, we've had 23, 24 years of bull markets, uh, uh, four years of bear markets and six years of sideways market. That's simply what the S&P 500 was doing in relation to the 200 simple moving average. So for 23, 24 years since 1990, it's just been trading above the 200 SMA. So bull markets are very, very, very simple indicator to determine what kind of market conditions we're in. So you've got a, um, sorry, the other thing we were talking about earlier is rebalancing. Yes. Um, yes. I call it taking profit. You call yes. it rebalancing. Yes. Do you want to just explain that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, rebalancing is, uh, or taking profit is a really critical part of taking, uh, creating a portfolio. 
everyone seems to find an entry point into a stock. Usually the exit is an after, afterthought, <laughs> but exiting is arguably more important than the entry because it determines how much profit or loss you may leave with. Or And also it will determine you potentially being stuck in a stock for years on end with no growth because you've just entered in at a wrong, maybe you've entered in at a good time, it hasn't worked out, but because you haven't exited correctly, you're now holding a stock and just getting back to break even is a struggle, right? So rebalancing is uh, is a really important part of the portfolio. Typically, trends in the market, a period of trend can last 12 to 18 months before the S&P goes through a deep correction or, and then goes through a sideways market. Coronavirus, post-coronavirus, perfect example. Huge bull run, March 2020 through to November, December 2021. Huge bull run, 28% decline. So perfect time to have rebalanced the portfolio was towards the end of 2021, when indicators were coming in saying we could be going into a deeper decline than previous declines in the market. So rebalancing is this idea of looking at your portfolio portfolio overall and making a decision on whether you want to take profit across all your stocks or the most profitable stocks, leave one or two in there that still are gathering momentum. But it's just this idea of just taking profit, removing stocks that are topping out, and then going back to the beginning of scanning the market, looking for the right stocks and starting to build a portfolio again. And one of the things I always say is you don't actually have the physical money until you take profit. Exactly. It's yeah. always a paper transaction or a digital transaction until you actually take that profit. And a lot of people are actually scared thinking, oh, you know, it's going up. I, I should be letting it keep going. And I, I talk about these mindsets from fear and greed. Yes. And uh, I, I don't know if it's something that you cover as well, but... Absolutely. It's fundamental. Totally. Yeah. It, you've got to... It's not fear. It's not greed. It's just, to me, sensible. Take the money, um, even if it's just a small amount of money, because it, it's not your profit until you've actually got it in your hand. Yeah, exactly. As, as an investor, you have to remain objective. The more emotional you come into this, the less money you are going to make. And a classic example of that is just making an investment based on beliefs and your attachment to a ticker symbol. You know, I'm going to buy Tesla and it will go up. Well, no, it won't go up just because you believe it will go up. It will go up because it's ready to go up and the market forces are pushing it up. So investing has to be completely neutral if you look at some of the stocks that i have in my portfolio here's a little tip for uh, everyone out there the money the real wealth the true wealth is made in stocks that are not in the media yeah. if that was the case if tesla was always the best stock to invest in everyone would be rich it's the stocks you don't hear about and that's why scanners are so powerful because they're constantly giving me stocks that companies that i've never even heard of sometimes for example, ODFL is a stock in my portfolio right now, Old Dominion Freightline. It's a US stock performing really well. It's uh, around $400 now, this stock. You know, it's got a solid uh, performance history. It's a solid company, but it's a company that just goes under the radar, but the investors are cleaning up on it. 
So in, remove emotions. And how do you remove emotions? You have to be objective. How do you be objective? Have a process. Scanners, the checklist system that I discussed, you know, if the checklist system is met, I take a position. If it isn't met, I stand aside. And I have two checklists. I have a checklist for entering. I have a checklist for exiting. So even when my checklist for exiting is met, I tighten stop losses. I look to rebalance. So it's a really good point, Karen. 100% agree with you. Be objective. And it's a process as well. Don't sort of go, oh, I have to be objective from the beginning. It takes time. You learn it. Yeah. Um, we're talking about shares, stocks. Yes. Yes. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who feel that it's the indices rather than the stocks. And yeah. I'm very much a stock person rather than an indice person. Yeah. But what about with your business? It sounds more like you are definitely into the stocks rather than the indices. A hundred percent. Absolutely. So let's really understand why you want to be investing in stocks. The S&P is a great place to start. Get a tracker fund. At the very minimum, if you're feeling lazy and you just cannot be bothered to do this investing thing, get yourself an S&P 500 tracking fund. What you don't want to do is leave money in the bank, right? That's going to lose you money. S&P 500 will give you a nice, you know, I don't know, 7 8% a year over 20 years. Fine, no problem. Better than the bank. But here's the thing. The S&P 500 is an average all indices. They're an average of a group of stock. NASDAQ, average of 100. Dow, 30 FTSE 100 S&P 500 stocks so what the indices represent are what the market overall is doing what the markets overall are doing how they are performing so if the indices are bullish the market overall is bullish if the indices are bearish we're in a bear market if the indices are going sideways we're in a sideways market but logic should prevail that if the indices are an average some stocks will be performing worse than the average. Some will be matching the average and some stocks will be performing better than the average. So going back to the beginning, if we have scanners and if we have a process that we can program the scanners with and say, find me all the stocks that are performing better than the average. Those are the stocks that I want to invest in over the next 12 to 18 months. Okay, boom. The scanner gives me a whole list of these stocks. I then find the very best of the best and put them into my portfolio. So what does this mean? Well, with the S&P 500, maybe you'll make 8% a year on average. With stocks outperforming the average, you could make 20, 25, 30% a year. And over a 20-year period, you're talking about a difference of millions. So it's very, it's definitely worth understanding how to pick these stocks that are performing better than the average it's a huge difference in profitability well i could actually stay here and probably talk to you for hours about stocks yes i love but um we're gonna have to move on so there's a couple of things i want to talk about before we um finish yes one is phoenix so yes. would you like to tell us a little bit about phoenix yeah, so I'm I'm the co-founder of SublimeTrading.io. My partner is Kola Badamasi. We, we've been investing in the stock market since 2007, 2008. That's when we sort of discovered trend following and started getting into it. We had our mentors, of course, learned from different people. But we always felt that uh, once we sort of understood the process, we started getting some results for, for ourselves. People started approaching us and saying, look, you know, I'd like to learn. 
So in 2018, we set up sublimetrading.io and our flagship academy is called the Phoenix Academy. And within the Phoenix, we ultimately teach people what they want to learn. People are busy. People are married. People have jobs. People have careers, hobbies, social life, all of that good stuff. What people want are processes that they can in bring to their day-to-day -day lifestyle where they can manage a portfolio around their lifestyle in minutes a week, compounding their money, which is really, really important. We have a big focus on compounding, but ultimately getting on with life. So in the Phoenix, what we do is we teach people when is the right time to invest, i.e. market conditions. When we have identified the right markets, what sectors are performing well? When we know what so uh, sectors are performing well, what stocks are the best to invest in, in those sectors. And then we have, once we've identified those stocks, we then show people how to manage those stocks over 12 to 18 months. And the beauty is that we actually share our portfolio. So we do the scanning for them. So they don't have to pay for the scanners. And we actually share our portfolio as well. So all the stocks that are making into our portfolio, we show them the portfolio so they can actually copy the portfolio. So we're teaching them to fish and we're giving them a fish as well. Brilliant. And you've just set up a fund where you will manage for people. Yeah, absolutely. As you know, not everyone wants to learn, right, Karen? I mean, <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> not everyone wants to learn, which is a shame because here's the thing about learning. The schooling system is not going to teach your kids. The schooling system is great for building a career, getting a job, starting businesses, you know, anything that generates tax. That is what the schooling system is for. But there's nothing in the schooling system about, right, once you start earning money, how do I invest it? That's up to you. And if you don't learn, who's going to teach your kids? And we all end up being in this sort of perpetual cycle, this loop of financial illiteracy. So that's the beauty of learning these skills. But not everyone wants to learn. That's fair enough. Some people don't want to have better returns than their current investments potentially are getting them and that's where we set up what we call the now it's called the Reversy fund we got it incorporated in luxembourg last month so this is an official fund so if you want to manage service with the same returns that we get through the education system that's where the Reversy fund comes in fantastic and i know you've got a book <laughs> yes, uh, the mythological mythology method was that uh, the yeah the complete methodology the complete methodology oh, the sorry, the <laughs> exactly the complete methodology and investor's manual that's what uh we, what we've called it so far so you know that that's uh you know maybe the name will change but that's what we've gone for so far and i've got a link that i can put up so if you just like to explain to people how they can get that book yeah, absolutely. So just to, you know, just to say thank you to Karen, really, for having me uh, on, on this uh, call today. We have shared a link with Karen. The link will take you to the APL, what we call the APL, which is the Assets Position Log. And the Assets Position Log is a log of all the stocks that make it into our portfolio in real time. So all the results, all the stocks that are being pumped out from our scanning and analysis, the 16 point indicator system that we put the, the stock market through, all of those stocks that get pumped out on a day to day basis that make it all into the assets position log. 
we are giving your listeners a 30-day free trial so they can come in, have a look at the stocks that we're finding. And then if they want to stay on, it's a small monthly subscription of $99 a month. Now, as part of that, we've got some wonderful bonuses. They're all listed on the landing page that I have shared with Karen. One of those free gifts is my first attempt at a book, which is called The Complete Methodology. Now, what's good about that book as well, guys, is that at the back of the book, I have clearly explained my strategy as well, how I use the charts, how I use the 200 simple moving averages, all of that good stuff, all explained at the back of the book. Fantastic. If people want to get in contact with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Yes. If you do want to contact me, first of all, you can go to my website, sublimetrading.io. And, you know, if you're looking around on that website, there is a contact us form on the website. You can also email me directly at zahir at sublimetrading.io. So my name is spelled Z-A-H-E-E-R, Zahir at sublimetrading.io. And also I'm really active on LinkedIn. I used to be a LinkedIn snob until about November of last year and I committed to it. I said, right, let me give LinkedIn a go in terms of just having a, a voice and saying what I've got to say. And it's been a really interesting journey because I've made a lot of amazing contacts, but also you get to see all the sort of misinformation that is out there on a professional level, right? This isn't Instagram. This isn't TikTok. This is LinkedIn where you're surrounded by so-called professionals. And the amount of misinformation and nonsense that goes on there is unbelievable. And so this is people's futures that we're talking about here. So it's really, really serious stuff. So I'm glad that I've taken to LinkedIn. Um, please follow me on there uh, because I, I share a lot of information ultimately. So here, it has been absolutely lovely having you on here. Um, I think we're gonna have to get you back if we can sometime because I think there's just uh, so much information and um, like you said, so much misinformation out there around things that, um, yeah, I think we've got a lot more we could actually delve into. So I'd, I'd I hope like to. to have you back again soon. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, chatting with you, Karen. You know, it, the industry needs more people like us who can get the truth out to people. And, you know, Karen, you're doing a wonderful job. So it's been an uh, absolute pleasure uh, chatting to you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And thank you for being um, on Let's Talk Investing. Thank you. Thank you.